Saving the greatest country in the world is not a short-term proposition, folks. We can save this great nation, but it's going to take all of us. Why? Because we are America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because we're going to tell you the truth, give you the facts, because we want you to be better informed in order to connect the dots so you'll know the truth of what's going on in order to help make this a better United States of America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. How's the most connected man in Washington doing Well, today? he's doing okay. How about you, Herman? I'm great. I hey, just I'm... got back from the basement of the Capitol a few minutes ago where Republicans were meeting uh, behind closed doors. Republicans in the House, their regular Wednesday meeting. And emerging from that were as many opinions as you can possibly imagine about Donald Trump yeah. and where things are with the Republicans right now. Uh, I think it's safe to say there are some definitely on board with Trump, more than ready to back him. There are some who are on board reluctantly. Uh, there are some who are going through different stages of political grief right now, trying mm -hmm. to figure out how their party could have made this choice. Uh, there are others who are just dead set against him. But uh, there were remarks made inside that meeting and then amplified a few minutes ago by the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, who basically said, look, uh, I don't know Trump. I think it's time that we find a way to unify the party. Ryan has been going out of his way to sort of downplay the talk that there's going to be a showdown tomorrow right, or right. anything, Herman. So I, I get the sense that everybody knows that this is a different type of rodeo from what they might have imagined, but that they are trying to find a way to come together. But as the speaker said, it is not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen overnight. And what a lot of them are, the grief that many of them are experiencing, <laughs> they are not looking at the voters did this, okay? The Republican Party didn't do it. The voters did it. Well, it's interesting because along those lines, I think there were several lawmakers who said to me in interviews, you know what? Uh, we have some voters that Trump does not, and he has some voters that we do not. And we have to find a way to put them together, to add them together for the fall, and, and, and not obviously just cede the election to the Democrats and Hillary Clinton. Here, this is what Speaker Ryan said just a few minutes ago to us downstairs. What we're possible to have a real unification. Look, I said this the other day. To pretend we're unified as a party after coming through a very bruising primary, which just ended like a week ago, to pretend we're unified without actually unifying, then we go into the fall at half strength. This election is too important to go into an election at half strength. And as I said, Herman, the speaker openly admitted that he really does not know Trump. He's only met him once. Uh, they spoke on the phone a few months ago, but they don't really, you know, have any type of relationship. And the way that it was being spun by Ryan again today is not that they're going to have a showdown tomorrow, but more like, hey, there are certain things that we believe in that maybe you need to look at and to, and to bring on board and talk about more. And I would say some of them revolve around, of course, social issues. Uh, some of them revolve around budget issues and the debt and more. And, you know, I think that uh, nobody is saying that this is is going to happen overnight, that this is going to be maybe where you reach a crescendo of being unified by the time they get together for their convention in July. I know it always seems as if I'm defending Trump. He and his people didn't position this as a showdown. I don't even know where that, how that word got into the narrative. He had said, okay, good, time to sit down and meet and talk. That's what it's going to be. I'm cautiously optimistic. Now, clarify something. I yes, sir. vaguely heard that 
it wasn't just going to be the three of them, but that yes. some other members of Congress were also going to be there. There are going to be a few different meetings. In fact, there may be one involving some of the Tea Party guys as well. Maybe not on this trip, but they're seeing about it. But Trump will sit down first with Ryan and Rance Priebus. There'll be a meeting as well with the larger uh, leadership team of the House of Representatives for the Republicans. And then there'll also be a meeting with Senate leaders as well. Uh, what I heard from a number of Republicans today was they hoped that there would be a meeting at some point between Trump and the broader rank and file. You know, we often have that where once you win the nomination or you become presumptive, that then you come to the Hill and you meet with all the different lawmakers of your party, you know, sort of a rah-rah kind of thing. Uh, Look, from a number of more conservative lawmakers today in the Republican Party, there are people with genuine worries about Trump and genuine worries about his agenda, uh, especially on the more conservative side, that they just don't feel like Trump is what they would have ever put on the ballot for their party. So there has to be some way, I think, that the, these Republicans feel like that there's got to be a meeting of the minds, even though it may well be that Trump does not emphasize their issues as much in this race, but that it is is a big tent and that everybody is involved in November. The tent is bigger and now they want to get picky about who's in the big tent. I get the part that there are some supporters of the people that are elected, but also you can't deny the amount of support that he's been able to gather. I'll give you one uh, remark from a guy named Tim Hulskamp, who is from uh, the state of Kansas, a very conservative member of the Freedom Caucus. Right. And he told me, he said, look, I can't get comfortable with Trump if I'm worried about what he's going to say on TV. He said he can't. He's a nine-year-old son. He says, I can't have my nine-year-old watching on TV when Trump is on because I'm worried about what he is going to say that might be vulgar or crass. And, you know, uh, it, it may sound goofy to some, but I do think in the heartland there are some Republicans and there are some Republican voters who do feel that way and feel like it needs to be addressed by Trump in some way. Now, for others, that's a selling point for Trump. That's exactly what they want. They want him to be unchained. They want him to be unleashed. They want him to say whatever at any point in time. Uh, but obviously, uh, there are a lot of different views, as you would expect, Herman, among uh, 200 plus different people in the same party. If you go back and count the times that he has said something that quote unquote was vulgar or vulgar vulgar that's one thing crass that's another thing i mean sometimes they latch onto something jamie and it becomes the thing that they singularly focus on sure. and at this point i mean the speeches that he has made since he became the presumptive nominee i haven't seen any of that so hopefully it'll just take a little time in order for them to get more comfortable with it i get that i'm cautiously optimistic about the meeting tomorrow and uh, I look forward to see what Ryan would have to say and what Previous would have to say and Trump would have to say as a result of that meeting. I think you're going to see a lot of very positive remarks tomorrow. I don't think yeah. there'll be much emphasis on the negative. Here's another quote from a guy that I interviewed downstairs as well, a very conservative lawmaker, Matt Salmon of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Asked about Trump, he said, quote, he, Trump, is clearly left of Hillary Clinton on foreign policy. I have worries about that. But what overrides everything, Salmon then told reporters, is who I believe that Hillary Clinton will appoint to the Supreme Court. And so Salmon says, even though he believes that Trump will govern center-left, he says he's got to vote for him simply because he can't afford to have Hillary Clinton win. And I think in the end, that is going to be the biggest selling point for a lot of Republicans, right. is that Trump is not Hillary Clinton. Now, that may not be the best advertising for what they want in a candidate or an election, uh, but I do think that is going to weigh big time on a lot of Republicans. Here's another guy, Trent Franks of Arizona. Right. He said, even if Donald Trump brings chaos to the Republican Party, 
That is better, he said, than Hillary Clinton bringing destruction to the Constitution. So you can see there's a lot of Republicans yes. working their way through this, and it's obvious for a number of them Trump is not their choice, uh, but he's the only one right now. Well, last night on the Bill O'Reilly show, Trump was being interviewed, and he said something that I'd never heard him say it this directly. Bill O'Reilly said, well, what about people you would appoint to the Supreme Court? And Donald Trump admitted openly, honestly, which is what a lot of people are attracted to. He said, I used to be pro-choice, but I have evolved. I am now, you know, uh, pro-life, and I would appoint somebody to the bench who is pro-life. Now, I know that some of his critics are going to come back and say, but can you believe him? Well, look, as a businessman, your word is everything. It means a lot. So I think he's extending these olive branches already. And the more of them that he knows about. Now, I don't think he's saying it just in order to attract some people's attention or, or get some people's support of votes. He has said before he has evolved on that issue. But a lot of people still wanted to push back and criticize him. Yeah, before. I think there's there's just a, the feeling from a lot of people in the pro-life community. And I heard this again today from GOP lawmakers that, yeah, they hear that, but they they're very suspicious of Trump overall on right. the issue of abortion, and that makes it very difficult for them to stick with him. Again, I think what I'm seeing here is not a party that's about to come apart, but a party that is sort of going through a bit of, well, now, wait a second. We got elected here on a conservative agenda, and a lot of these things are not really part of what Donald Trump has been bringing to the fore. And I, I think even if it's just sort of through olive branches like that or other ways to talk about it, that if they can paper over that and still have it in the platform, still have it, you know, every once in a while, uh, you know, alluded to by Trump on an issue like abortion or others, they'll be able to bring people on board. But I would say that it's obvious it's not just moderate Republicans. It's not just sort of conservative. It's, it's not just real conservatives. Across the board, there is both support and I think real worry about Trump and how he would govern. Well, I think that the people who are doing the voting are saying, okay, I understand your conservative agenda and your conservative conservative ideology, but how much of that have you actually gotten done? Yes, they're moving it slowly and gradually down the road because that's the way things move at that pace in Washington, D.C., but the people are saying something else. One quick question about the election results. Did a poll predict for Nebraska that if Cruz were still in the race, Cruz would probably win Nebraska. Um, I don't know if there were any polls from there, but I would have expected that, yes, that would have been a Cruz state, I think. Okay. But then, if the uh, race had still been going on. And, right. But, you know, in the last few weeks, the, the momentum has moved, moved away from Cruz so much that it might have even been that it would have had to have been like about a month ago and Cruz would have won. You know what I mean, Herman? Yeah. Not, not right now after the last few weeks. But yes, that is a state that I think Cruz would have been more successful in than Trump. If you look at sort of the, the plains and out in the Intermountain West, uh, Trump did not do all that well. Now he has a chance, obviously, to sort of amend that and get out there and, and again, build bridges and bring these people on. I don't think we're going to see a Republican unity overnight. Judging from today in the hallway, there's still a lot of people of a lot of different minds on Trump. But I do think they are moving to a point where they're moving more together rather than going further apart. But we'll see. I would agree with one. Well, Jamie, we always appreciate your perspective, sir.
Hopefully you can be with us again tomorrow. Sounds good, Herman. See you then, buddy. All righty. You're listening to the